Welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. Um, it looks a little different. Um, we're going to be doing things slightly different this morning. Um, but we just recognized that we have been experiencing a lot in these past couple weeks, um, not just in our society and world, um, but also within our church with our Discover Faith Conversation series. And so we wanted to have um, a little bit more of a time and space to answer some of the questions that maybe we didn't get to, um, but also just recognizing that we're in this global pandemic, global civil rights um, movements and protests. And uh, so we just wanted to give a week to have some time to talk about that. So feel free um, to post any questions that you may have. Uh, Mike's going to um, encourage and exhort us for um, 10, 15 minutes or so. And um, got to leave that or 20, so in there. <laughs> 25. And, um, Maybe at 30. No, you can't. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, but we do. This is, we do want to um, encourage you to, to ask any questions that you may have, and um, we'll try to jump into those um, as soon as as he finishes. So yeah, take yeah. So so feel free to to post in the feed as we go. Uh, like Missy said, I'll, I'll talk for a bit, but then we'll go back to your questions in the feed. And um, yeah, there. Like Missy said, we're we're going into a new series. And, and this series will take us through the entire summer. It's called Discover and Rise. You saw the graphic there. And, and guys, I really think that we're at this moment uh, in history, but also specifically in church history, in the history of the church here in Toronto, here in Canada, that um, the church is, is awakening and... Uh, and, and, and we can see, we can feel that society is, is awakening and we can see and feel it. And, and, and as a church, we, we don't want to, we don't want to be left behind on that. Actually, we should be at the forefront of societal change. And, and I was telling, I was telling the team this morning that we're at this moment that feels like everyone was sleeping and the alarm went off. And it kind of shook us out. It shook us out of bed and, or it shook us awake. And we hit the snooze button or you can. And you know that time when you, a time in between sleep when you, and your alarm goes off, you hit the snooze button and you can choose to go right back to sleep or to get out of bed. And I know for me, uh, I can actually hit that snooze button and be asleep in less than a second. Be back to sleep in less than a second. <laughs> Missy's a little different. It never happens for me, uh, ever. I'm up right away. Yeah, but she could choose to just lay there, right? And, and, and for us as the church, that cannot be our option. We cannot just choose to hit snooze. We cannot just choose to lay there. Our choice has to be to get out of bed. It has to be to, to brush our teeth, right? It has to be to uh, take a shower. It has to be to prepare, to get ready. And, and for this past, for the past few weeks, um, James 1 has been such a huge scripture passage for me and for the church. It's, it says, 
Uh, it says, be, let, let every person be quick to hear. So quick to listen, quick to hear, uh, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And, <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> we've had people... Uh, we, we've, we've had a, we, we've had people saying, Hey, we should do something. We should do something or we should say something. We should say something. And, and what's been important for us is that time of, of preparation, of, of listening, of being quick to hear instead of quick to speak. Guys, we're, we're in a, we're in a culture and a society where everyone is quick to speak. Everyone is quick to post whatever they think on social media. Everyone's quick to spout off their 144 characters or, or their Instagram, their Instagram picture and post. And, and there's, but there's value in being slow to speak and being quick to listen. And we've wanted to do that. And we've done that over the past two weeks in our faith conversation series as well. Um, or the past three weeks, really, that was a three week series. Um, we want to do that in our culture, in our society. And that's like, okay, we got out of bed, we're preparing, we're brushing our teeth, you know, we're, we're reading the news, we're, you know, whatever you do in your morning to prepare, you're eating your breakfast, and now we're going to go out in the world and we're going to try to see, uh, try to see transformation happen. We're going to try to influence our city and our world. And, and so for us as a church, we need to get up and we need to get moving. Conversation is valuable, guys. We need to have dialogue. We need to have conversations. Why we had that conversation this past week with um, with Jamal and Gabby and Cassandra and David, uh, and and we we released that through BLGs. It's like those conversations help us so much to understand others and their perspectives, uh, and they and they should push us forward. They can't just stay there. We have to be people who are 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 quick to quick to listen. Uh, but then uh, also people of action. And, and, and Romans picks up, on, picks up on this. Romans 13, it says, it says, owe no one anything except to love. And it says, it says, now is the time to awaken from your slumber. Now is the time to get up. Now is the time to get moving. Now is the time because salvation is nearer to us today than when we first believed. So cast off the works of darkness because the night is far gone, the day is at hand. So cast off the works of darkness, put on the armor of light, which is Jesus. He goes on to say, put on Jesus Christ so that you do not satisfy and gratify the flesh and the desires of the flesh. And this is a powerful passage of, of vigilance and movement and, and, and waking up. And, and, and the church, guys, we're, we're at that state where if we don't do something, then we're going to be left behind. And our society who thinks we're irrelevant, who thinks we're a parasite on, on the city, they're, we're going to show that, that they're right. And, and so this morning... Uh, the reason Miss and I are here uh, is because we kind of wanted it to be a little more informal, like we're having a conversation together with each other, but but with you as well. Uh, that's why the feed. Um, and I'm, I warn you, I may get a little fiery at times as as I talk, uh, but um, I didn't want it to be like uh, I was preaching at you guys. I wanted it to to be more of a conversation and a dialogue that we're all having together uh, because we're all part of the church. 
And, and we're all doing this together. We're all trying to live out this mission of discovering identity and destiny in Christ together and helping others to do that in order to influence our city and the world. And so I want to start off with this question. The question is this. <clears throat> if people could only see your actions and not hear anything you said, and they could only see what you do, what would they say your priorities are? So think about that individually. If someone could just see what you do, this is going back to the Emerson Bible. Um, we could have told Emerson to read her Bible all, all along, um, but it's, it's her seeing it that said, I want to imitate that. So if, if people could only see what you do and not hear what you say, what would they say your priorities are? Would they say your priority is work because you're, you're at work for eight, 10 hours a day? Would they say your priority is money because all they see is you spending it and trying to make it? Would they say your, your priority is family because you spend most of your time pouring into your family? Would they say your priority is uh, this tiny screen because... It's always in your hand because your face is always glued to it. Would they say your priorities are um, working out because that's all you do? Not, you know, what, what would they say your priorities are? And then for us corporately as a church, if people could only see what we do and not hear what we say, what would they say our priorities are? And I think as the church as a whole, that doesn't look so good for us in the West. And yeah, and we need to, we're, we're, we need to have an awakening. I think for Trinity Life Church, we're a little further along in this because of our DNA, because it's Kingdom Disciple Society Church. It's a kingdom framework, not a church framework. Um, now, as a church, I think there's a lot for us, a church, not the church, for a Trinity Life Church, there's so much that we still have to learn. There's so much that we still have to listen to. There's so much that um, we still, uh, there's just so much we still have to grow in and be transformed in. And, and, and guys, when I say, listen, um, I mean, the primary voice in this is God's voice, right? Don't forget that. The primary voice we're trying to listen to is God's voice. And so, so many of us right now are listening to culture's voice. Uh, we're, 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 we're actually, be, we've been quick to, quick to anger. We've been quick to speak. Um, and we've seen that anger, according to the scriptures, it doesn't produce the righteousness of God, right? And we've seen it happen that way. And that's why you have, you have these violent protests and things like that. But going back to the question, if someone could see our actions... Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, um, in London a day or two ago, London, England, uh, there was a protest that broke out that got violent and, uh, someone in the BLM, Black Lives Matter movement, uh, was protesting and someone in, on the far right, um, uh, 
was was protesting and it got violent and the and and the far right he he was a white man he he got injured and he was bleeding from his face and uh one of the black men from the other side came over uh picked him up put him on his shoulders and brought him to safety and there's pictures of this like of of him carrying him to safety this guy who was violent uh, part of this part of this protest against what this other man stood for and and so you see there that that the action you see you see this man's priorities in the action and and his priority in this case was love and and you and you can see that and it's visceral and you feel it and and so for us as a church what would our community say what would, what would our city say? And I say for us as, as Trinity Life, we're a little further along because of our DNA. We, we, um, we are, our, our church started in Regent Park. Our church is here in St. Jamestown. And, and these, our DNA put us in the, the, uh, um, one of the poorest neighborhoods in the core of Toronto and also uh, one, of the most, one of the most oppressed and racialized neighborhoods. And that be, that's because of who we are as a church. But, but it's really because what the Bible says, who we are. And guys, I'm, I'm tired of the church. I'm tired of the church in their nice buildings, in the suburbs. You don't even have to be in the suburbs. You have, you have nice church buildings in the city. I'm tired of the church staying in their buildings and saying, you guys got to come to us. That is not the church. We go to the lost and dying world. And, and we've always served our city with, with hand first that, that leads to the heart, which opens up the heart, and then speaks to the head. We don't even lead with beliefs, although beliefs happen. And, and we get to share who we are. We get to share Jesus and his love and his light. Um, but, but it starts with serving with the hand. It starts with serving this neighborhood. It starts with serving our city. And, and we've seen so much fruit from that, guys. And, and so for us as a church, we're already doing something, which is good. But what do we do? What, what, what are we supposed to be doing moving forward? And this whole series this summer, it's called Discover and Rise. Because we can tend to discover things and then just sit there. But we're supposed to discover and get up and go. We're supposed to rise. And you see there in that graphic, there's, there's roots that go down in the tree and then there's branches that, that come up. It's a picture of the kingdom of heaven, of, of standing firm in the faith, yes, but, but also creating, uh, creating a, a shelter for, for our city, uh, creating sustenance for our city. It's this picture of, of the mustard seed, right? And, and, and so... We're supposed, to, we're supposed to rise. We're supposed to spread out. We're supposed to move. We're supposed to reach others. And, and now in this time, um, we have a unique moment in history for our generations that, uh, yeah, that, that we haven't seen before. And, and so I was talking to a friend of mine this week, Kevin Brown. He's been in our church. He's, he's a... Uh, this is significant because he's an African American, so he's in the U.S. He leads a <clears throat> he leads a predominantly African American church, and 
and we were talking this week and and again I'm just I'm just listening I'm just wanting to to hear him and um and we'd been talking uh other times too um are pretty close so but but this week um I was, I was just sharing with him some things and he was he was speaking into it and 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 so most about most of what I'm about to share from J- John chapter 13 actually comes from him and so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna share too much out of this because it's we're already 15 minutes in and Missy only said I had 15 minutes so I'm not gonna share too much from this um uh, because I'm just going to share what he said that was really powerful. And uh, so you have here this, this commandment, this commandment of Jesus. And, and it's, basically, it's basically the, let me go to it. It's basically the, the final one, right? Jesus, Jesus gives this commandment to his disciples. And this is in the last week of Jesus' life. This is in the last night before he gets arrested is the context of this. And, and he says, I give you this commandment, a new one, that you love one another just as I have loved you. So, so first, let's, let's talk about love. What, what is love? Right? We, um, we know that love is a few things. We know that Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, it's the more excellent way. Right, that that love is this excellent way. We know that love never ends; that it lasts forever. Um, we know that love. We we know that um, love is an action. Right? It's 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 completed as as a verb. It's not just an emotion. Um, and so Jesus says says you're to love one another. So we know those things. But but what does love do? Right? Well, I mean, there's. There's, there's things that love does, right? We know it, it casts out all fear. We know that, that, um, uh, that God loved us in Jesus Christ, right? He demonstrated that love on the cross. And, and so there's this, the Bible has this, there's this personification of love where it is personified in Jesus, where, and, and God says, John says that God, in, in another book, he says, God is love, so, so love has this personification that, that if we love, we are actually personifying, we're imitating Christ. We're personifying God. And so if we have love, if love is in us, that's God in us, right? Like, do you guys get how powerful that is? Like that, that if, you, if we can actually love one another, that that is God manifesting himself in us, the spirit of God dwells in us, right? The image of God in us, he's restoring that in us. And we get to be a part of restoring and reconciling that in other people. That's Colossians 1. That's, that's God is reconciling all things to himself through Christ Jesus, all things. That's repeated four or five times in five verses, all things, all things, all things. And we get to have a part of that. And, and so guys, in this cultural moment when racial injustice is, is there, and for some of you guys, you've just woken up to this. Um, but, but this has been, this, this has been happening. I mean, we've, we've seen so many instances of it, instances of it just this year. And, and I'm glad you guys are waking up to it, but, and so many of you guys are passionate about it and you want to, you want to start new things. You want to do new things. You want to, and, and, and I'm saying, guys, let's, let's just be quick to listen. Let's, let's make sure 
we're making the right decisions and that as a church, we get to do it together, right? No one needs to go rogue here. Uh, We get to do it corporately. We get to do it together through loving one another. And guys, we can't even, when Jesus gives this commandment, he's talking to his disciples. Guys, we can't even do that well in the church. We can't even do that well in our church. How the heck are we going to do that well in our city? How are we going to do that well in St. Jamestown? How are we going to do that well in our community? How are you going to do that well with your next door neighbor? Like Jesus says, love one another. Do that well here. Do that well amongst yourselves because you share the same spirit. You share that love with one another. Let's start there. So, uh, so many of you guys, you want to do all this stuff and that's great, but okay, let's, let's start loving one another first and doing that really well. And guys, I don't mean we, we do that and don't do anything else. Don't think linearly here, but we have to at least do this while we're doing other things. Okay. Because remember, if people only see our actions and they don't hear our words, what are they going to see in us? Are they going to see in the church? And, and they do see this, guys. They see in the church hypocrites. They see that the church is, uh, says one thing and does another thing. They see that the church talks about social injustices but doesn't do anything about them. They see that the church is, is uh, just speaking on their high horse and um, saying, you got to be holy when we're not holy. All these things, guys, those are indictments against us. Those are indictments against the church. And we are the ones who change that. We are. We're the ones who burn those bridges. We have to rebuild them. And, and so he's here. He says, love one another. We have to love one another just as I have loved you. And how did Jesus do that? Well, early in this chapter, he washes their feet. He washes their feet. He serves them. The Lord God of heaven and earth stoops down to his created beings, to the nastiest part of them, and he washes their feet as a servant. And Kevin asked me this week, he said, whose feet are we supposed to be washing right now? Whose feet are you supposed to be washing Whose feet are we supposed to be washing as the church? Whose feet do we wash in the church? Maybe you have a a grudge with somebody or you have some bitterness in your heart with someone. You need to wash their feet. You need to serve them. Don't think you're better than them. You're not. If Jesus didn't think he was better than us, then we can't think that of each other. You're the same as that person. Wash their feet. Who are we to wash? Whose feet are we supposed to wash in our city right now? Whose whose feet are we supposed to wash in our neighborhood? Whose feet are we supposed to wash in in, in St. Jamestown? And he says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if, if you love one another. If you have love for one another, all people will know this. Guys, think about this table that, that they're around or this room that they're in. You got Peter. We all know Peter. 
Peter's not quick to listen, is he? <laughs> Peter's quick to speak. Yes. Peter's in, P, Peter's uh, an example he's of, of most people in our culture today. Mm-hmm. Peter was like the social media guy before social media. He's like, oh, I'm typing it. It's out there. I said it. It's, <laughs> Peter's like, I put it out there. Jesus says, Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> um, I, so there's Peter. You got James and John. They're the sons of thunder, right? That'd be like, that'd be like Adam, right? Adam is a son of thunder, right? That's, that's, that's Adam. Uh, who's his brother? I don't know. Maybe I am. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I tend to think I'm not, but I think I probably am. <laughs> so that's me and Adam, right? We're sons of thunder. Um, and, uh, and, and, and then you have Judas Iscariot, the one who is going to betray Jesus. You have Matthew or Levi. He's a tax collector. Guys, he's, he's left wing here. If you want to put it in modern day context, Matthew is a traitor. Uh, I don't, sorry, <laughs> that's not a bad. I'm not saying left wing is, tra- is, no. is traitorous. Um, but he serves the regime. He has, he has, uh, that sound bad too. So, <laughs> so basically, and I'm gonna compare compare it. You, you you'll get what I'm saying in a second. It'll come together, but we'll yeah, it'll it'll come. Just no judgment yet, okay? Uh, but but he's basically on on the left. He's he's like yeah, like um, the government's doing a good job. Like he's a tax collector. He's collecting taxes for the government. Um, and and um, and then you got the right wing guy. And maybe they're switched. I don't know who's left and who's right. Whatever the point is, they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. Okay, that's my point. You got the guy on the other end of the spectrum um, who's the zealot, Simon the zealot, who's like, we're taking this bad boy down. Like, we're going to tear this thing down and we're going we're gonna to burn it to the ground. Like, that's, that's his, that's his, um, yeah, that sounds, that sounds right, right? Is it right or left? Okay, um, anyways, um, you've got, you have, you have the different sides of this. They're on opposite ends. That's who's in this room. That's the church, guys. That's who's in that room. We, we came, we, we've come into the church saying, uh, and, and, and because we're, we're later on in the game, right? We got denominations, all this stuff. We come into church saying, oh, there's, there's a monoculture here. We're, we're, we're monolithic here. Guys, no, you, you're in Trinity Life Church. We have people on totally opposite ends of the spectrum on so many issues. So um, that's who's in the room. So let's love one another. Let's love one another and show the world that even though there's different views here, we're united by one thing. We're united by Christ Jesus. Our identity is in Christ. And guys, when your identity is in Christ, I know I'm already talking longer than I thought, but we got the Q&A at the end. So uh, (laughs) when your identity is in Christ, it does, that doesn't erase your unique identity. That does not erase your ethnicity does not erase your socio- socioeconomic status, does not erase um, your station in life. But identity in Christ reorders all those things. It reorders your desires. Mm-hmm. Identity in Christ reorders your priorities. Identity in Christ takes away some of those priorities and desires. Identity in Christ becomes the umbrella over us that reorders everything underneath it. 
And in the past couple of weeks, we've, we've had those, Adam's had those conversations with, with a couple of people. And, and I want you guys to recognize that in those conversations, Adam is having those, that conversation in, in, a, in the context of a relationship, right? And, and here now we're having this context of, we're having this conversation in the context of, of a journey of, of the church um, trying to do something to influence our city and the world. And, and sometimes we succeed, sometimes we don't. And, uh, but we're, we're trying to move forward into something together. We're trying to, to say, okay, what do we need? And this whole series uh, is uh, Discover and Rise is on discipleship. It's, it's on this passage. It's, it's how do we exemplify and imitate and display our Lord Jesus Christ to each other and to the world so that we can say, imitate me as I imitate Christ, not just to us, but to the world. And, and guys, you may think, well, you may think, well, the world, the, the world doesn't want Jesus. No, the world doesn't want Christianity or Christendom. It doesn't want religion. The world wants Jesus. The world needs Jesus. And uh, I love uh, Blaise Pascal. He's a um, 17th century mathematician, philosopher, inventor, all-around renaissance man. This guy, I think he died when he was like 39 or 40, and he has all these things to his name. I'm like, man, <laughs> what are we doing with our lives? This guy <laughs> is 39, and he's like, an inv- he's everything. It's your age. Right? <clears throat> yeah, we're, yeah. Um, interesting fact. What have I done with my life? <laughs> oh, and uh, he, has, he has this pos- posthumously published... Um, memoirs, thoughts called, uh, I'm going to butcher it, Alex and Leticia, if you're on this, forgive my French, because he's a French, he's a French guy, but um, uh, uh, I used to say pensée, uh, but I think it's pensée is, is how you say don't, it. Don't look at me. I don't know. Um, but one of them is, is basically saying, <clears throat> basically he's saying, bring people to the place where where they, and he uses kind of Christianity, but we'd say, well, bring people to a place where, where, where they wish Jesus was true in their life and then show them that he is. And I love that because our world is longing for that. Guys, our world is erupting. They're longing for something that can't satisfy them in this world. Social injustice, racial injustice, uh, guys, there's so much, we can go on, there's so much sex slavery around the world. There's so much um, oppression. There's genocide happening today around the world. There's religious persecution. There's, there's all these things and we can get, get all caught up in that. We can say, well, we want systemic change and we do. But it has to start here in us, in our hearts. It has to start here with the church being the church. If the church is actually the hope of the world, it has to start with us actually being the church. And we are not being that as, as well as we need to be for our city. And so we have to start with loving one another and doing that well. And, and a mark of this is, hey, if I offend you today and you can come and talk to me about it, well, you're loving me well, right? 
and, uh, and, and guys, so, and we have to, and, and that's how we can move forward and, and see, and see systemic change take place. Um, we don't want systemic change to just become a buzzword that people rally around and not do anything about. I've been in those conversations. I've been in a lot of those conversations, uh, where everyone's excited and then you leave the room and nothing happens. So, and guys, those aren't Christian conversations, I'm talking about, although there's a lot of those too. Those are secular leadership conversations that I've been in with Canadian leaders over the past, over the past um, few weeks. Uh, those are secular conversations I've been in with religious leaders over the past few years in our city. Um, and, and, uh, and everyone's excited, but what is going to happen out of this? And this is where uh, we need to be people of action, not just of words. Now, both need to happen, right? We need to have a fullness there. Both need to happen. Um, but, but people, mo- what, what is it? Most of communication is nonverbal, like 80% or something right. like that. Um, so, um, yeah, for us as, as the church, we just have to move. We have to do something. And, and, and guys, uh, that's why this summer we're, we're really streamlining things in our church so that we can take the vehicles we have in our church, like the new common that we're sitting in right now, and use it to its fullest potential. We don't want to be scattered all over and say, okay, we got this, we got this, and, 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 and put your time in all these things. Uh, we're too scattered. So we've really streamlined things to say, okay, new common, the new common is our vehicle for this, um, and, and we're going to push this forward. And... Um, and guys, we're having those conversations, those conversations about racial injustice and things like that, food security. Uh, you know, we, we put this in a food bank. Um, I put nutritional security in there. Food security shouldn't just be about any kind of food, but, but how, do we, how do we also have nutritional security? That's a, a kind of tangent. But, but um, I know John and Cora, you guys will appreciate that. Uh, and, and, and because it, it matters where we get our food from, right? All, all those things. So, um, and then how do we, how do we be a people who cares about those things because we love Jesus, because Jesus love is in us. How do we care for this world in that way? And then, and then that will lead to gospel conversations as we've seen Adam show us that it does, um, naturally, and, and so this summer, discipleship is, is our word. We want you to discover and rise discipleship. So we are going back to the basics this summer. And you might say, you might say um, I'm beyond the basics. I'm past that. I had one of our, our local engagers. Uh, I was talking to, to them this week. And they, and they said this statement. They said, it never shocks me how much I have to relearn in my walk with God. Because I just forget. And so, guys, we're going back to the basics. We're basically doing a 12-week builder orientation, builder's orientation throughout this week. We're going to go through kingdom theology. We're going to go through um, uh, what the church is. We're going to go through how to read your Bible. We're going to go through spiritual disciplines. We're going to go through um, uh, core theology. We're going to go through um, what does it mean to be a disciple? How do you hear God? Uh, what are what are rhythms up and out? We talk about those a lot. What what are those? How do we how do we live in those? So we're going to do all that throughout the the twelve weeks in the summer, and um, and really focus in on discipleship. So that's all I'm going to say for now. <laughs> that's, Sorry, no, that's great. No, that's okay. Um, I, I think. Um, 
we, we don't have like a ton of questions, so we can definitely save questions for Q and a time. Um, and I think that, um, yeah, there are some good comments. I think it was, um, was it Michelle helped? I don't, oh, there's a lot in here. It's kind of hard for me to get back and forth. Um, yeah, we can go through it in the Q and a. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one more thing guys, <clears throat> or at least one more thing to start <laughs> is, you know, my, uh, I, I, I kind of stepped off the soapbox early on about the church hiding in its buildings and, um, <sighs> I, there's so much there um, about where, how the church spends money and where the church puts money. And that says a lot to our city. Uh, the reality is no one's coming to the church anymore. Unless you have... unless you have Christians. As you realize here in Canada, the church has, the church has experienced a death. When I say the church, I, I should say Christendom. Christendom has experienced a, a decline and a death. Now that's, I think that's a good thing in a sense because what has died is the nominal cultural Christianity that was, that was here in our country. What, what has, and, and we see this happening in the U.S. right now. Um, it's already happened in Europe. You want to see a picture of this? It's Europe. Canada's in between. U.S. is, is catching up. Uh, U.S. still has this kind of cultural Christianity there. And, and so the nominal parts of the faith are declining, which that's good because here in our city, in Toronto, you're not a Christian at least for most people I know, you don't call yourself a Christian, especially in our generation and, and below, like millennials and, and so our generation, Gen X, then millennials and, and below, uh, Gen, Gen Z. Um, you're not a Christian. There's no reason for you to be unless you're actually a follower of Jesus. So you're not going to use that nomenclature unless you actually are trying to follow Jesus. Um, and that's the good part of it because those churches like ours are thriving through this time because the nominal church is dead and dying. The, the real church, the bride of Christ, the church that is actually trying to follow Jesus is thriving and rising. And, and all, all through the scriptures, the church does this, the people of God, I should say, do this, as they uphold the cause of the poor, of the oppressed, of those less fortunate, of those who are prejudiced against, of those who um, are experiencing racial injustice, of those who are, are um, uh, yeah, it just experiencing any type of persecution. The people of God are the ones who uphold that, who, who uphold them. The people of God are the ones who maintain them. You can look at this all through the Psalms, Psalm, Psalm 80, Psalm or 82, Psalm 140, Psalm 146 talk about this. Uh, you can look at this in Deuteronomy, in Leviticus. Uh, you see this in the Gospels. Um, guys, we are the ones who do that. So 
it was never an option for the church to remain silent on these issues. Now, a lot of churches have, uh, but uh, it was never an option for us to if we're following this. Because it's all through here. But it's also not an option for us to stay still. So we want to discover and rise and move forward. So, yeah, as we go into the Q&A later, just take some time to process in our response time as we go into our response, as we go into song, but also just taking communion and recognizing that Jesus gave himself to us and for us. And he didn't, he didn't come... Uh, he didn't he didn't pop himself into Rosedale guys when he came here he put himself in St. Jamestown he put himself at Jane and Finch in Regent Park old Regent Park Um, Jesus put himself in an oppressed society and he became poor for our sake and became sin for our sake that we might know the righteousness of God. And so reflect on those things as as we go into uh, communion and, and response. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your example. We just want to follow you. And so, Father, speak to us. Let us hear your voice. And trust it and obey it. And just use us in this time, transform us in this time so that after this, we would go out and do something. Do something to influence our city and the world for your sake. In your name, Jesus. Amen. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.